You're listening to the Unfree Parents Podcast, episode 028. You're seen to chat about parenting, life, and of course, Umphrey's McGee. I'm your host, Sarah Jehenia, successful event planner, first solo female podcast host in the jam music scene, mom of three, wife, and total Umphrey. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this episode. The show is currently on a four-week break so that I can celebrate Christmas with my family, and then my husband and I are off to Atlanta for the New Year's Eve run. So, so excited for that. Five days away, just the two of us, not having to worry about the kids, and really getting to enjoy Atlanta and, of course, all of the music that is going to be happening that weekend. I'm really looking forward to meeting some of you. I'm actually facilitating two meetups for the weekend, one for the Umfreak Parents group on Facebook, and the other a female Umfreak meetup. If you are interested in either one of them, the information can be found in the show notes, on the website, and in the Facebook groups, which I will also link. The show will be back January 15th with a new episode. Before we jump into this week's re-airing of episode two, I did want to remind you about the blog on the website. If you're interested in submitting some writing, how you can reach out to the show is in the show notes and also on the website. And if you love the show, please leave a review because it helps other like-minded parents find it. And please subscribe so you never miss an episode when they drop. And here is the re-airing of episode two that includes an on-this-day discussion from the little-known-about Barrington High School show from May 15, 2004, as well as my interview with Jimmy Rogers, a.k.a. Umfax, on Twitter. Hope you enjoy. Hi, thank you so much for joining me for the second episode of the Umfreak Parents Podcast. I am so grateful for all of the love and positive reviews that I've received for the first episode. I still can't believe this is something that I'm doing and having all of the love and support from you guys is just so amazing. I love that I get to sit here and chat about my two favorite topics, Umphreys McGee and parenting. So if you have not listened to the first episode, please make sure that you check that out. We had an awesome interview with Jim Leap, who works with Jake at his Boondock studio, and an amazing first set of music from May 1st, 2009. So make sure you check that out. All right. So in this episode, we're going to throw it way back to 2004 for our On This Day, catch up on any new Umphreys news. I'll play the really great interview I had with Jimmy Rogers aka nachos for all for any of you that are on twitter and then we will play the first set of our on this day may 15th 2004 so let's jump in all right most recently brendan bayless played with jeff austin in their 30 db outfit the first show was in milwaukee on may 9th and then they played in chicago on may 11th both evenings were filled with all sorts of humorous banter between the two of them and the crowd and all sorts of ongoing jokes, including a story from Austin about the time that Bayless apparently threw up in his basement bathroom. Um, Just the energy watching them play together when they're looking at each other and playing and the jokes and everything. It's so much fun to see them play. I saw them in 2010 
at summer camp and would love to see them again. Austin did make mention that they will be on the East Coast later this year. He mentioned Boston and New York, but that was about it. So hopefully there will be some place close to me where I can catch them. Um, both nights filled with all sorts of covers and, you know, different songs. They both did feature the Umphreys original Cut the Cable. And the Chicago show notably featured some new tunes by the band, a cover of an Insane Clown Posse song, and the night they drove Old Dixie down by the band. I will tell you, I did find video and watched it, and total goosebumps listening to the crowd sing along with Bayless and Austin during that song. Um, I was not able to find a set list for either one of these shows, um, before recording this podcast episode, so I'm unsure of the actual set list of either of those. Um, so if you are able to find it, please post it in the group. The full band will be back on the road full force beginning May 17th, which is two days after this airs in Baldwinsville, New York, which I am so excited to say is my first show of the year. So I'm so excited. I'm taking my three-year-old and my husband is going. So this is his third show since he's been born and he always has a lot of fun. So I'm very excited to take him. Um, Freak Parents will be having a small meetup at that show. So if you are interested, all the info can be posted in the group. And if you are not in the group and you are interested in the meetup, you can email the show, which is in the show notes and find out some more information that way as well. And then the tour continues with stops in Rhode Island on the 18th and New Hampshire on the 19th. And then of course, Summer Camp Music Festival Memorial Day weekend where um, Freak Parents will have a much larger meetup probably on Saturday. Um, all of the final details will be posted in the group as I decide kind of what we are doing and what's going on that weekend. Um, and then after summer camp, they will be playing in Stay Six current hometown of Charleston, South Carolina on May 31st, which later on that evening will be the late night featuring Stasic's new side project, Doom Flamingo, Mountain Jam Music Festival, June 1st and 2nd, and also recently announced three upcoming Omega Moose shows, two in June 21st and 22nd at the Park West in Chicago, and the just announced Resonance, I believe that's the right way to say that, Festival in Legend Valley, Ohio, September 20th through 22nd, which if you don't know, that features Ryan Stasek and Brendan Bayless with Jamie Shields of The New Deal, and they have a new drummer, Nick Blasky, so it'll be exciting to see that new version of them. And also that weekend, Brain Damaged Eggman will be making an appearance at that festival as well. So I'm excited to check out that first that festival for the first time. I've never been there. So that's awesome. Um, and also just announced uh, recently, also Lockin Festival, August 23rd through 26th. Drummer Jason Bonham, son of Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham, will be playing one of their three sets with them. Um, that's going to be super awesome. Jason has played with David Gilmore, Jeff Beck, uh, Foreigner. So that's going to be super cool for everybody involved, I'm sure. 
Unfortunately, I will not be able to attend that festival, but I cannot wait to see what they play. And of course, we will chat all about it after it happens. This episode's on this day in um history, which is if you're listening, um, is airing May 15th. They played at the Barrington High School Senior Prom after the Senior Prom in Barrington, Illinois. There's not a lot known about this show. Uh, the set list can't be found on All Things Umphreys. There is no recording of it on Nugs. Anybody that I've asked around to has no details, really, or any idea of this show even happening. All I've been able to find out was that it was supposedly played on a stage between two basketball hoops, and somebody's mom paid the money to have them there. So if you know some more details about the show, you were there, or you just happen to know some other details, please feel free to reach out to the show and let us know. The two-set show opens with In the Kitchen, then continues on with Slacker, where it's funny to hear Bayless change the lyrics to obviously speak to the younger crowd. A cover of Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, The Fuzz, followed by Uncle Wally, and a cover of Down Under by Men at Work, which was last covered January 26, 2017, in New Haven, Connecticut. The first set rounds out with Kabump and the always crowd favorite All in Time. The second set is great as well, opening with a front porch sandwich with resolution in the middle, Uncommon, the triple wide, a cover of Every Breath You Take by The Police, Bright Lights, Big City, Trenchtown Rock by The Whalers, and Nemo finish off the second set. The whole show closes with one of my favorite covers, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window by The Beatles. Make sure that you stay tuned at the end of the show to listen to the first set, especially because you can't really find it anywhere unless you know someone who has a recording. Also, if you are in the group, I'll be posting an On This Day graphic where you can post your thoughts about the show after you give it a listen. I absolutely love diving into older Umphreys from the early 2000s. It is so great to listen to how much they've changed and grown individually and as a group. If there is something you would like to hear or maybe have talked about on this podcast, feel free to post on the Facebook group, send me a message on Facebook, or I'm also on Twitter as at umfreakparents. You can also email the show at umfreakparentspodcast at gmail.com. And again, if you are not a member and would like to be a part of our amazing community, we are umfreakparents on Facebook. And if there's a call for an open Facebook community for this podcast, please let me know and I would love to make that happen. If you love this podcast, please leave a review. We'll be back in June with another episode recapping Summer Camp Music Festival and all the other shows happening after this airs. So thank you so much for listening to this, and I hope you'll join us again. Here's my interview with Jimmy Rogers, followed by the first set from this episode's On This Day, 5-15-2004. Much obliged. So I am here with Jimmy Rogers, a.k.a. Nachos for All on Twitter. And I'm just going to have you introduce yourself. Uh, how much more do you want by, via introduction? I'm Jimmy Rogers. <laughs> okay. Um, married, kids, location, career. There you go. All right. Um, I'm born and raised in South Bend, Indiana. Um, and now I live west suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I've got a lovely wife and I've got two boys. Um, and I practice employment law 
in my day job. I did a few other, uh, I dabbled in other, uh, I guess, careers before that. Uh, I was, uh, I was doing journalism for a little bit. I was doing, uh, sports, uh, uh, athletic, uh, university athletics, uh, Notre Dame for three years. Mm -hmm. I went to undergrad at, at Notre Dame and played tennis there. Um, nice. very sporty person. Gosh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Very sporty. Sporty. Uh, so, um, Bayless's dad is, or yeah, his dad was the tennis coach. He was, yes. Nice, nice. He's an institution in just tennis, American tennis circles. He's a, uh, he's like a Mount Rushmore figure, nice. and uh, yeah, he was just one of the most knowledgeable tennis minds I've ever been around. Yeah, he was awesome. That's cool. Very cool. Um, so you mentioned you have two boys. Um, and how old are they? Uh, well, my oldest just turned six last week. And we had a, it was a birthday week full on, not just one day. Uh, <laughs> and my... Uh, younger uh jack is in heaven um he would have turned three oh my. he was 19 months old he didn't wake up from a nap and uh oh my goodness missed him a lot oh that's awful that's so terrible i'm so sorry now you had mentioned um about that and your experiences with shows and the loss of your child can you talk some more about that yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I've told friends, but I've uh, never really, uh, I guess, said the story to a, a stranger. <laughs> but so um, I, this was in November of 2016, um, right? A week before Thanksgiving when he didn't wake up. Um, and you know, there's no known cause and we're at peace with that, but it, you know, it's altered our life and, mm -hmm. uh, we are trying to make that for the best. Um, and but so anyway, so before that day, um, I had tickets for the, uh, Umphrey's new year's coming home to Chicago um, was excited for that and looking forward to that. And November 16th happened and, uh, you know, didn't think about anything else for, uh, a while. And then, you know, the week of new year's kind of, uh, appeared and, uh, I realized I had tickets and I hadn't, I had gone back to work, uh, a little bit and, and, uh, kind of thought, hmm, this might be uh, just a good good thing to, to go to and get some, you know, music for the soul uh, mm -hmm. and, and and get out. And, and uh, my wife's uncle is a, uh, a longtime deadhead. And so I asked Uncle Chuck if he would want to join me. Uh, he had seen Humphreys once at a, 
uh, Naperville Rib Fest for mm-hmm. a, you know, a festival set. And I was mm-hmm. like, Chuck, you haven't seen the band yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I guess I need to back up a month. Um, walking out of the church uh, for his funeral, uh-huh. Jack's funeral. Uh, my sister-in-law was going to drive us to the cemetery and we got in the car it was just kind of a weird waiting period for all the cars to line up and I just told her put some music on get something just so this awkward silence isn't hanging over us and she rifled through our uh, the CD uh, bin and just threw the first disc she could find in and it happened to be um, a, a 99, 99, 98, the first Pittsburgh show, I believe. And it opens with Kimball. Nice. And it immediately just, it fit the mood. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the... Uh, you know, the kind of, it drops down and then crescendos up and it was powerful beyond words. I just have goosebumps. I just want to say that you telling this story. I just like, I just have goosebumps. I'm just like thinking about this. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, and yeah, so it just, uh, and this is pre Jake. So this is Miro crushing the drums and Brendan just doing the solo by himself. And it was, uh, it's still, I can't not hear that particular version and and I have to just stop what I'm doing. And and it, it, it just kind of gets me to the core. Uh, Um, and so, you know, I had no intention of sharing the fact that my son died unexpectedly and, uh, on any kind of social media. I'm not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I only have Twitter and I don't really tweet much in my personal account. And, but the fact that it was an entry song that, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't call it coincidental because it was that moment that song was right. And, uh, so I, I decided to share that. And, uh, and I got a, just an un, unbelievable, you know, outpouring of, of support from people, um, which meant a great deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I have come to meet a lot of these people now. Um, but at that time, I, I don't know if I'd met anybody. Um, and it, it was, uh, you know, one of many things that helped lift me up, um, and so now fast forward a month and, uh, I had, uh, I had, so the week before the show or so I had traded emails with Joel mm-hmm. about, I've, I've got a cousin who is also named Jack. Um, he's big Jack, uh, mm-hmm. who, who babysits my boys mm-hmm. and, uh, and he is going to school on a music, uh, scholarship. Uh, he plays piano and he's got a YouTube page, Jack Armbrust music. Um, and, uh, and, and I, 
you know, I've been talking to him and I decided to ask Joel, like, what kind of advice do you have for, you know, a high school aged, you know, aspiring musician. And, and Joel was, uh, went above and beyond and sent a really, really, uh, thoughtful email response. Mm-hmm. And I passed that on to Jack and, and, you know, that was just a thrill and, and, you know, meant a lot to him to get that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I thanked Joel. I was like, you know, that that's, that was awful. That meant a lot to him. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to take a lot of your suggestion to heart. I said, you know, I'm, I'm coming this week. Uh, um, I can't wait uh, to be in the room with you guys. And if you want to make a grown man cry, you know, uh, Kimball will do that for me these days. I didn't give any more context to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've never requested a song, and I guess I didn't read that as a as an actual request, more just a, you know, uh, casual aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So, you know, first set, Uncle Chuck's standing next to me. We're standing in front of Waffle, and... Uh, you know, the end of the nothing too fancy composed section and they launched right into Kimball and mm-hmm. I've never, I've never felt anything like that. Yeah. And there was like a huge light in the room. I, my body shook the entire time uncontrollably. I was bawling. Um, you know, people around me were like, hey, man, you okay? I'm like, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, and I just embraced that moment. And uh, I, like, it's, it's impossible to encapture everything that mm-hmm. that felt mm-hmm. like and, and meant. But it was a... Uh, <sighs> just a really human thing mm-hmm. just to uh, lift somebody up like that. And, uh, you know, I, I thanked him, thanked Joel, and I don't know if the other guys in the band do. Um, but I ran into people at set break who uh, connected those dots because they remembered that the uh, – They remembered the Kimball uh, that I had shared, and that was, uh, it was a uh, really an unreal moment. Um, so I definitely felt Jack, uh, oh boy, that night, and I, I've felt him uh, at every concert since, um, mm-hmm. you know, Humphreys and, and not Humphreys, um, which is a pretty amazing thing that music does um, mm-hmm. just that kind of different next level uh, of connection that mm-hmm. it, it has it has that power uh, mm-hmm. and it's not like you're on that level every the whole time but uh, when it finds those moments man that's that's uh, it's it's overwhelming and it's it's beautiful and 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 uh, incredible yeah mm-hmm. and that for me that was my big thing of why I wanted to you know start the group that I did and and have this podcast was 
because I wanted to surround myself with with groups of people and fans that had those experiences and felt that same way about about the music that it wasn't just you know some place to go and have drinks and whatever I mean yeah it's still fun to go and have a good time but to have that level you know of the music and and everything is it's really cool too yeah I mean to be sure you're not doing it wrong if you're uh, there for a good time because it is entertainment and man, it is a good time. Mm-hmm. But, but for, for, for people that are looking for that, um, uh, that's there. And, and certainly the more kind of like-minded people around you, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it just creates, it, it's, it's, a, it's its own organic, uh, you know, energy wavelength that you're, you're vibing with the band and with the people around you. And, 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 you know, yeah, the community does, uh, bring that out. And, and it's, uh, you know, Humphreys isn't unique for that, but, uh, it is awesome that that community, that aspect of the community is growing. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So have you taken your boy to any shows? Um, I have brought Luke to two shows. Uh, I love that his name is Luke. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Um, thankfully, he was he was born a day before May the fourth, which uh, would have <laughs> opened him up to a lifetime of uh, uh, comparisons that were unintended. Um, yeah. So Luke has been to uh, Ravinia. Uh, nice. So they've played two shows at Ravinia, which yeah, my youngest was at Ravinia. Coolest, ah, that's one of the coolest venues in America. It is. It really is. We went in 2015 with my youngest Brendan. It was awesome. So which was that the uh, mass choir or was that the strings? That was the mass choir. Okay. Okay. Uh, I did. I opted not to bring children to that one. I brought. Uh, some new Humphreys, uh, some some newbies to that one, and nice. uh, that was that was the wet night. <laughs> um, I, I I felt a little bad because I ditched half of our crew, most of whom this was their first show. Cause I had t- tickets right up front, and I just I wasn't not going to stand in front of the mass choir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so thankfully, the show I brought, uh, gosh, he would have been two at the time then, two and a half. That was, uh, it was great. It was, it's, a, it's a great venue, but man, when they're cracking down on, you know, you can't throw a Nerf ball around on the property. Get out of here with that, you know? Mm-hmm. You're taking yourself all too seriously, but that's about the only uh bad thing I can say about Ravinia. Yeah. The place is really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and what's the, uh, the other show was last summer. Um, the Peoria show, um, okay. which I kind of was an awesome, surprisingly awesome, just set up for a venue, right, right on the river. And, um, you know, it wasn't too crowded, and there's a kind of a, a grassy space to, uh, I don't know if that's 
stage right, Joel's side to the right, mm-hmm. um, where there were a lot of other children and uh, also like these, I think they were local. I don't know. Um, but they had a bunch of glow sticks and just toys that he was all about and they were, they were friendly and it was just an ideal uh, setup. So, nice. um, got lucky, I think. And then that was a, a long late night drive, three hours home, but it was mm-hmm. totally worth it. Oh yeah, of course. Awesome. Um, let me see. I like, lost my train of thought now. Thanks, guys. No. <laughs> and may, while I'm still on that show, yeah. Um, he is training to be a ninja. He's not going to like that I'm sharing that. Um, but part of ninja is, you know, stealth, and and uh, he will adapt. Uh, <laughs> but they played all things ninja, and when they started, I said, dude. Do you know what this song is called? He goes, no. I said, it's all things ninja. And he thought that was the coolest thing. And he just started doing ninja moves for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> that is so amazing. That is yeah. so amazing. And, and the fact that he got to hear a ninja, too. I mean, come on. That kid is super lucky. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, he has no idea. That's very cool. He has a, a very faint idea. Yeah. I'll watch, like, I'll just turn it on and, and he knows the guys in the band now, but yeah, I also think he doesn't fully appreciate. Yeah. What, what he is getting to do at a young age. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same with my kids. Although my oldest is 14 and he thinks that it's, he just rolls his eyes at me, but that's okay. But my, my other two are just like, Oh, we're, you're doing that again. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. If go they ahead. had the choice to go or not go, what's their choice? My oldest would say no. He would stay home. Although he he has, um, when he was younger, um, I took him to mow down three three years. I'm gonna say three years in a row, and then so he saw Umphreys at mow down in 2009, um, and then. When I did a bunch of Umphrey shows when I was pregnant with my daughter in 2010, he went a bunch with me, too. So, I mean, he's got a lot of Umphreys under his belt, whether or not he wants to admit that. But, you know, he's he's 14, so cool. he's too cool for that. He'll admit it someday. Yes, someday. Someday he will. Um, my daughter wants to go whenever we go, but most of the time... We, my husband and I go just the two of us, you know, very rarely do we take any of the kids with us because it's just, it's our thing. And we, and we like to just go and ha- have our time and, and, and enjoy ourselves. So, sure. so it, well, it, and it does have to be the right setup and venue because you can't, I wouldn't want to force it if it's not, if it's a really crowded venue or if it's just, mm-hmm. you know, not a kid friendly place. That's just, you're asking for yourself not to enjoy yourself too much so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's why like for us the show on the 17th it's it's all out you know it's all outdoors it's just a big open field basically in a stage like it's it's on like this island thing almost it's called paper mill island so it's I mean it's it's a really cool area and it's just it's out in the open so it's perfect for a three-year-old to run around with glow sticks the whole night 
you know, but then of course, when we see them at an indoor venue, <laughs> not the best place for a three-year-old. <laughs> so no, no. I think it's also fun just walking around the grounds uh, and just, you know, saying hi to all the friendly people and, and, you know, everybody there is having a good time. And, and it's just, it's, it's a opening experience for like, I can't imagine being that age and seeing through their eyes what that's like. Mm -hmm. I know what that was like the first few times I, you know, experienced a fish show when I was, you know, 16, 17. And man, that, that was, it blew my mind. So to be, you know, single digits and seeing that it's just gotta be, I, I imagine it's a really interesting, fun experience. At least I hope it is. I think, I think almost, especially, you know, when they're younger, like our kids, you know, your boy is six, my daughter is seven. I think that especially in, in being those environments where, and my friend and I have talked about this before, just in, in the jam scene as a whole, where people mostly are, you know, really kind and compassionate and you don't see that kind of camaraderie in other genres of music the same way that you really do see in the jam community and i think or necessarily even like you know tailgating for a you know a sporting event yeah yeah or kind of doing their thing and kind of uh you know having fun but wrapped up in their thing and mm -hmm. I think people in the jam scene are not wrapped up in their own thing they're there and uh really you know open-minded and and uh just interested in what's going on with everybody there mm -hmm. it's a, it's a mm -hmm. always a dynamic that I appreciate yeah. and and I think that's why I'm okay with taking my kids to things like that because people are like that and I think that that's just it's a better representation of what people are in this world than when you take them out day to day I think you know it's you know people are more apt to help you or you know and you're you don't have something and your neighbor at a festival has it you know they're willing to share or give or sure. you know whatever and day-to-day -day life you don't see that kids don't see those kind of things so i think you know of course in the right atmosphere and responsible parenting they're not exposed to just you know genuine kindness on a more, uh, more mm -hmm. basis mm -hmm. i know and, and it's interesting because we you know we're, we're really compassionate caring parents and stuff and i you know even then i'll still do something for like my daughter or whatever and she'll just like look at me and i'm like what like why is it so unusual to you <laughs> like somebody just wants to do something kind for you like it's kind of sad that they don't they don't, they don't see that more often, but apparently we need to change the way we act so that they can see that more. Starts with us doing it and it, it, it spreads. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I guess that kind of leads to my next question. So what is the biggest change for you going to shows, being a fan, all of that since being a parent? Well, 
I feel like there's a, a, a pre-November 2016 and a post-November 2016 answer to that. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I mean, I guess becoming a parent, you're just aware of everything more. Just, you know, you have a more diffuse awareness of um, your surroundings and, and people. Um, your antenna are always up as opposed to in your early 20s when you're going out for a fun time. Um, so I guess that's one way it changes your, you know, I'm, I'm a couple years away from 40. So I'm going mm-hmm. to shows now and I guess I sometimes might look at some of the young, you know, they look like they're teenagers or college kids to me. And, you know, if somebody is in need of help or something, I'm thinking, how can I help them instead of, I don't know, laughing or mm-hmm. partying too much. Like does maybe this person needs a little help or they're lost or I don't know, something, I guess that's a parent mentality that's uh, taken root. Um, and then in terms of my, I think in terms of how I access the music now, mm-hmm. I am just coming in with a, a mindset of, you know, I, I'm open to where the music goes and, and I, I am, uh, I guess it's hard to say you're seeking that different, that next level. Cause mm-hmm. you don't really find it when you're looking for it, but, uh, being open to it, uh, I guess I'm 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 at the show more for that and less for uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess that's with maturity and and uh, I don't get to see as many shows now, so mm-hmm. I want to appreciate each one and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd, I've never been one to get upset about, you know, I can't believe they didn't play, you know, X, Y, or Z song, or, oh man, I wish they, like, I don't try to go into shows with expectations, because that, that's, I don't see that helping your experience, because, for one, it's, it's never going to happen that way, and two... I've never like walked out upset or let down. Like, so I don't need to have mm-hmm. expectations going in. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that answer rambled, but <laughs> there was something there. No, it was great. It was great. I, you know what though? I feel the same way. I like was for you. So yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I feel <laughs> I, I've never been asked these questions, <laughs> um, but I agree with you. I think it's the same way as where, you know, when I'm there, and, you know, especially like in a festival setting or something and you see younger people, you know, maybe not handling their night as well or, you know, whatever. Like, I totally go into mom mode. <laughs> like, do you need some water? You know, where are your friends? You know, because not only I don't even want to say that it's mom mode. It's just it's back to just being a decent human being and seeing somebody that 
is obviously in distress or in need of help and just wanting to help them and make sure that they're having, you know, the same experience, you know, as, as good of an experience as I am, you know, that they're still enjoying themselves. And I think too, you know, obviously like going into it, you're going to approach the night much differently too, because you have to go home and get up in the morning with little humans that don't care that you were out, you know? So that definitely, you know, puts a different spin on the evening too. Whereas when you were younger, you're just like, fuck it. We're doing this. Then, you know, it doesn't matter because you don't have any responsibilities. Going out after the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're yeah. still going out later for the after party and the after after party. It's like, no. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I think that's that the thing is not that the music isn't important, but that there's just so much more to life now. You know, and I and and then again, that's that was my focus for wanting to start the group was to be around people that still had mortgages and kids and shitty life things and all this other stuff, but still really, really love this band and, and loves to go and escape for a few hours in the music and have a good time and because I just felt like I wasn't meeting that right group of people at shows. So I would create it on the internet and here we are. So. Very so, cool. Yeah. I, uh, I guess I'm, I'm a, uh, a creature of my, uh, comfort. I don't think that's the same, but, um, you know, most of the shows I get to see are, are in Chicago. So I have a built in group of folks that I, you know, usually run into or are going to shows. My favorite city, by the way, my favorite city. Love that city. <laughs> it is a good one. Um, but creating a community like you are, you're going to be able to go to any city and, you know, maybe you'll get uh, a place to stay and crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to have different folks uh, that you are now enjoying the show with so it, you uh, yeah you're you are providing a service <laughs> this is it's, it's just it's, all of this is still really kind of like very mind-blowing to me almost that that this is just all coming together and this group of people that's come together by this and all the people that I've already met and this is only like the second episode and it's just that's just amazing. And again, we're back to the community. I mean, I just, I really can't say enough about, about the community. And, and when I talk to people, they're like, how can you go see this band as many times as you have? You know, I, I get that question a lot and I'm like, first of all, it's not the same every single time. <laughs> Let's just start there. I'm like, second, it's the people though, too, the, the environment and, and the community. So yeah. Well, and, and to that point, you know, it really comes from the top down because the guys, well, the, the band and the, the crew and uh, everybody involved with them are all just solid, good people. And, you know, I guess a community could form around a group of assholes, but yeah. it's a lot easier for a, a good community to form around a group of 
good people. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it goes without saying they've created something be- out of their own, uh, kindness and, and, uh, uh, just general good naturedness that have, uh, you know, it reflects back on them. People that they want to be around keep coming around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what was your first exposure to Humphreys? Uh, it was a long time ago, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> many, many um, moons ago. <laughs> well, to Humphreys, I, uh, I was in high school when they started and I bought, uh, you know, greatest hits volume three in my, uh, high school in senior hall, um, from Brendan's girlfriend at the time, whose younger sister was in my class. Um, and, uh, Brendan went to my high school. He was, uh, we did not overlap. So he had just started at Notre Dame when I started at St. Joe. Um, but I was fortunate to see Tashi Station a couple times. Nice. Um, and then uh, I think my first, because they played at all, you know, bars and Notre Dame house parties the first few months. I was didn't even consider. I probably could have gotten into Bridget's, but it, it didn't even cross my mind to go to a bar until I was actually in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I saw them in April. I think they played a, a, a St. Pat's park show on 420, um, which was a good time. Uh, yeah. I think we left school and just went over to the park and, um, so a lot of those, uh, we heard a few of the Tashi Station songs already, and, and they were still playing a lot of uh, covers. And, uh, yeah, they were they were raw, but it was easy to like. Um, yeah. And I had been listening for several years by then, and, and they were, you know, they would begrudgingly admit that they were influenced by fish. Um, and there was that looseness and, um, you know, that there was an easy parallel there, um, with fish and grateful dead. Um, uh-huh. so yeah, it, uh, it, it didn't take much for me to know I, I was going to be seeing them as much as I could. So what is your show count now? Uh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't, like I, I didn't really start counting then because it was just in town and it was like, just, I don't know, a, a thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would, they would just, sometimes it seemed like they would pop up at parties and just be playing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that was really cool. Uh, Oh, they're in that room. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I, like started counting in earnest in like 
02 or 03. Okay. After I graduated. Okay. So what's your count from 02? <laughs> uh, I've never, I guess I've never actually counted that. Um, I don't know, in the 80s or something. Nice. So nice. I think we're somewhere in the hundreds for total okay. times I've seen them. Yeah. That's really cool. That's and I, I, I kind of kicked myself looking back that I didn't see them more in while I was in college mm -hmm. um, because they would, they would, I saw, I saw them a good deal, but I didn't go to every single opportunity or, you know, go to Chicago to see them. Cause I was like, well, they're going to play in South Bend mm -hmm. you know, next month. So why, why should I, you know, travel around to see them? Um, you know, that's, kind of bluish thinking uh, in hindsight, but um, I also didn't have the luxury of just, you know, going off on tour because I was on the tennis team. So I, uh, I had uh, a bit of a schedule that I needed to keep. Not that uh, Coach Bayless knew where his son was going to be any, any given week, but uh, yeah, I couldn't, uh, I had a, a few strings uh, keeping me in South Bend more more often. So, what is the furthest that you have traveled to see an free show? I have gone over the pond. I went to the first uh, nice. jam in the dam, the Amster Jam. Nice. Um, in oh, was that oh five? Yeah. Um, that was. That was an amazing experience. I bet. Um, yeah, went with a couple, uh, couple high school buddies. Ran into more high school friends there. And I think it was night one when Brennan, you know, said, "Who hears from South Bend?" And you know, there's like 20 voices that shouted out, and I was like, "Wow, that's wild." That's very cool. That's very cool. I would love to see them in Europe. That's that's definitely on my bucket list is to see them in Europe. I've never seen them anywhere but the States, so someday. Someday. They just need to, to do that again. You'd think with Joel's travel itinerary, it would have uh, it w would not be hard to schedule that, but I guess he likes to do his traveling in Europe and not playing in Europe. Not playing in Europe. I think they will again, though. I've seen more and more people kind of trying to discuss it on, on groups and everything. So that would be cool. We're, we're planning. Yeah, yeah. We're planning a family trip to London next year. So if they just want to kind of make oh. that coincide, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> there you go. You hear that guys? Yeah. Hello guys. Yes. Which, which month? <laughs> We're not sure yet, but as soon as I know, I will let them know so they could kind of, you know, bring it all together. <laughs> I greatly appreciate that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, so when is your next show? Oof. Uh, I, I get to see Sam Bush this weekend. I'm super excited for, for that. That's nice. my wife's favorite uh, musician who's this awesome bluegrass, jamgrass uh Yes. Awesome. Hi. Hi. Um, yes. Next, Humphreys. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm going to try. 
and see Brendan and Joel in uh, Chicago. Uh, I guess that's like a month away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I haven't. I don't think there's enough summer dates announced. I don't know how far I'll be able to travel to see them this summer. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to summer no, camp? I, I am not. We have uh, my wife's college group um, gets together every Memorial weekend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and every, like every other year, all the, uh, the husbands and kids, like every third year get to go. So this is a all hands on deck party. So it will be a kind of summer camp, but not the festival. This still sounds like a fun time. That's very cool. Uh, it'll be, a, it'll be a blast. Yeah. That's awesome. Gatlinburg, Tennessee, look out. <laughs> Sounds like it's a tiny little town. I've been there before, actually, for a bachelor party. It is tucked away in the Smoky Mountains. Um, it's there's like Dolly Parton has a big uh, uh, museum there, and it's uh, there's a lot to do. Yeah. That's cool. Have you been? Have you been to the Dolly Parton Museum? I, I have not yet. No. no, you should go. I mean, I'm not a Dolly Parton fan, but I'm sure it would still be interesting. I would, if there was a Bonnie Raitt museum, I'd prefer Bonnie to Dolly. <laughs> yes, I, w- I would prefer Bonnie Raitt to, to Dolly Parton, too. 100%. I mean, she really plays the guitar. Like, really. She's really good. I need to, to start listening to some more Bonnie Raitt now, actually. Yeah, that's on my to-do list now. <laughs> I, I just got a couple of her discs from the library, and I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her stuff's really good. Uh, let's... Oh. Yeah, for sure, and that's what I like about it too, about her stuff too, is that it's 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 really soulful and you know music that I used to make fun of my parents for listening to, and then when I got older and got better musical taste, I'm like, oh wait a minute, this is actually really good. You know, when you're young, again, back to, you know, my kids shitting on my music taste. But when they get older, they'll appreciate it. Yeah, well, that's, so if I may, I'm going to brag here, Sarah. Okay. Um, I, uh, my every year for the last, I think it's, this is the fourth year uh, for our oldest birthday. Uh, we make a birthday mix. And uh, this is my way of exposing him to you know, uh, a variety and wide uh, range of music. And so over the entire year, we kind of collect, um, uh, I keep track of music that he hears and songs that he hears that he likes. And so a lot of them will come from, you know, different animated movies that he sees, like Sing and, uh, you know, the Lego Ninjago movie and, you know, other, uh, you know, songs that he just comes across or songs that I'm playing around the house. And so when he says, you know, put it on the mix, we have like a running tab of songs by the time May rolls around and I pair them down and, and make craft a, uh, a, a good birthday mix that we hand out as party favors. So that's uh, really cool. Nice little catalog of, of uh, you know, what he was into uh, each year and um, 
you know, I, I just, I love that he knows Otis Redding and uh, just, you know, I feel like I'm doing something right as a parent for exposing him to, you know, Motown and, um, you know, diversifying his music uh, portfolio to mm-hmm. start. I think that's really important. My husband um, is a big record collector, and um, whenever he brings home new vinyl and stuff, my youngest gets so excited and wants to go down into the den and have dance party, is what he calls it. So then he puts the music on, and then he'll always ask, Daddy, what is this called? And then he'll, you know, explain the artist and the songs, and and the other day he was singing Genesis songs. Like, I just think that's so awesome to, to have that. Like my, a lot of my musical taste, you know, came from my dad and, you know, he would play all his records and everything. And I didn't like it at first, you know, as I said before, but, you know, growing up now I have those memories of like hearing, I'll hear these songs and I'll be like, Oh, I remember, you know, doing this as my dad and listening to this song and doing this. And so to have those memories, you know, associated with the music, it's great that, you know, they're going to have that too. And it is, it's absolutely good parenting to, to teach them, you know, because they need to know the only, the only way any of like, especially older music, you know, any of the older blues or stuff like that, it's, it's not going to stay alive unless we keep, playing it for them to hear you know it's 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 there is truth you know so and to to teach them that music didn't always come from a computer (laughs) there's legitimate people with talent and skill that can play instruments and write music and you know not just push a button on a laptop (laughs) there are real real things that happen there (laughs) So if you had to pick, yep. pick a favorite Umphrey show, whether you were there or just one that you've listened to, what is your favorite show? Oh, man. I should have guessed that you would ask me something like this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's just... You know, I have been sitting on these questions. What is your favorite, Sarah? Well, I think, do you have one? You know, I was not ready for you to counter questions at me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to come at him with these questions. He's so smart with his tweets. I'm going to come at him with questions. Currently, my favorite show is not an Umphrey show. And I will say this again for the second episode. It is the Alibaba's Tahini show from September of 2017. Currently, that is my favorite show that I'm listening to. I'd like to hear that. I oh, it's to so good. for that, and it, it just didn't work. Yeah, <sighs> uh, that's so cool. It's it's so good. It's my favorite part of the show is uh, the "They Love Each Other" cover. Jake uh, is just so. Just so amazing. Vocally, on the guitar, it's just amazing. There's videos of the entire concert on YouTube, too. I was watching them last night. All right. And it's just, the whole show is just amazing. And apparently the keys player, um, Jim was talking about it last time, last episode, uh, because he does the sound at Vegetable Buddies. And 
he said that the keys player, that was actually like the first time that they, he'd ever played with them. He just like rehearsed and then played with them that night. And he's amazing too. Like wow. them all playing together. It's just all, all around. It's just a really, really great show. So definitely, you right. should definitely check, check that out. out. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely on Nugs for sure. So, um, I mean, can I, can I just give you my favorite yeah. musical moment? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite Humphreys musical moment. Yeah. And I, I had to uh, finally write my thoughts down about it because I it just I can't sh- I I couldn't shake it uh, over the years. I I, I find uh, uh, put it down on on the I guess it's not paper because it's digital, but uh, it's uh, 2008 uh, June 5th 2008 this Grand Rapids show. Uh, it's like the second and third songs of the entire night. Uh, intentions clear, segues into syncopated strangers. And it's, I'm sure anybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about. So I, mm-hmm. I, I would, I'd, if somebody hasn't heard that, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just magical. It's so great. And it's, it's like 40 minutes long. And, uh, and, uh that would be my, I wasn't there, but, uh, I get lost in that whenever I, uh, cue it up. So. I have not listened uh, to that. What is, when is that from? Oh man. Uh, June 5th, 2008. 2008. Okay. And then I will put that in the show notes too. So anybody that doesn't, uh, doesn't know about that. Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to listen to that tomorrow now. I, uh, on on my Twitter, I guess home screen. I don't know what you call the homepage of your Twitter. Yeah. Um, I have a link to a uh, a blog that I started, okay. uh, which is currently a a one entry blog because it's just me writing about that uh, those two songs. Um, and it is very long and very. Uh, uh, I got carried away with a, uh, a metaphor, but uh, it's it, it is there to listen to in a broken up format, uh, or you can listen at your leisure on Nugs. Nice, um, but yes, highly recommend. All right, I am. That's what I'm listening to tomorrow. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So, what is your favorite genre of music that Umphreys plays? I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for funky dance parties. I mean, I mm-hmm. that's, I I enjoy dancing, and uh, I they do it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just give me that, and and I'm I'm a pig in mud. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I feel the same way. I mean, it comes out of, it can come out of any song and, uh, you know, certain songs more likely, but, uh, yeah, it's, and now they've even got whole songs that are just kind of like day nurse, night nurse. I'd love those. And Mm -hmm. the whole song is just kind of a jazzy, funky groove that can only gets dirtier. Mm -hmm. They start improving. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's my favorite genre. Nice. 
Uh, what would be your dream sit-in? What do you mean? Like a, a guest? Yeah. Yeah. I think every time Josh Redman is with them, there's a different electricity in the air. And mm-hmm. I, I, I am kicking myself that I, I haven't seen him yet. Uh, I think there was a Madison show a couple years ago where they did a, a set of improv uh, mm-hmm. that I, you know, was trying to figure out a way to make that work. And uh, as a parent, mm-hmm. that doesn't always work and that's okay. Um, but I, I just think what he adds is super cool. Cause he's, you know, now he knows their music so well and what they do and where uh-huh. he can go off. And he and Jake just have a, their own dynamic. Yeah. It was really cool when I saw they did those um, the shows when Jake was sick last year. Yeah, and then they had uh, Redmond play with them. We just happened to um, have tickets for one of those shows, and then, you know, at the last minute, he wound up not being able to be there. And it was interesting. Like, I've not seen Humphreys pre-Jake so it was definitely a different sound of course that was different um certainly missed him you know there would be spots where you're like waiting for it and he's not there but you know having Redman there and you're right it is a different energy it's it's just I, I do I, I like when he plays with them too. And even coffin, like any sort of, you know, horns with them. I really I really think I that that brings their sound out a lot. Yep. The the Mad Dog's filthy secret. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw Coffin play with them. Um I don't know which New Year's it was, but um yeah. He just played with them it was two thousand sixteen in Chicago because we were there. I think. I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, he didn't play on the 29th. Maybe did he play the 30th? Uh, I think he did play the 30th. We were there all three nights. I don't remember offhand. Well, you were there the 29th. Yeah, I was. There the, the Kimball night. Yeah, I was there. Cool. I know, I know you're talking about it. I'm just sitting there, just smiling. I'm just, I'm just standing there. My husband were right up on the rail Bayless side that night. They're right up there. Yeah, we were there all three nights. We took all of our kids and my mom drove from Buffalo to Chicago. Just a van full of people. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. But we were there all three days. We took Chicago by storm. It was awesome. Where did you stay? We stayed at the Best Western. We stay in Wrigleyville. Okay. Every cool. time we're in Chicago, we stay right in Wrigleyville. Nice. Because I like that uh, neighborhood. I, I like that area. You know, I, I, I don't think I closed the, uh, the loop on Uncle Chuck. Um, whether he enjoyed that night. Oh, yeah, no. Through every show, it blew his mind. Of course it did. (laughs) Uh, Can't can't wait to go again. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, 
Oh, but back to, so you saw that those, you know, I, I consider those very unique shows with the, was it a four night run in the Northeast without Jake? I think it was four nights. Yeah. Just Cause yeah, that, that whole sound was a throwback to, uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. 2000, which swap out a drummer, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I mean, that's, uh, I guess, the stuff that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's why I was really glad that we went. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And, and I know, like, for me, especially, like, since those shows, like, obviously, you know, everybody listening knows how amazing Jake is. But not having him there you know like then you know they would play um what am I thinking of what hand I can't even think there right now um but you know they would surprise they play some of the songs that they did that feature a heavy Jake presence or like 1348 uh-huh Redmond kind of took the Jake solo and, mm-hmm. uh, oh it was upward that's what I'm thinking of when they played and, and you know that like that middle section of it when Jake just comes out full yeah. force and I remember like standing there and you know when you've been to a ton of shows and you know this music you, there's certain parts that you know are coming and then you know you're just like standing there you're waiting for it and then it's not there and you miss it but then Redmond comes in and you know still brings it and Bayless really stepped up too in those in those shows and that was really nice too was to see everybody else you know really come together and and make it happen still and and in no way the sound right and in no way like if that was your first show you still wouldn't have left disappointed like you, it it was still it was still amazing. Like it was still really great, and it was an awesome opportunity to see, you know, a sneak peek of what it was like, you know, for people like me that didn't. Well, and, and everybody that yeah, everybody that would go, you key in on different things as you say, but then everybody's kind of a first time, you know, a first show, seeing them in that element, and uh, you didn't know what was going to happen. That's just yeah, I thought it was just a very unique. Like, that'd be a fun box set for them to release in mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And the place that we saw them, too, is like this little tiny club that somebody bought this building in Rochester in like the industrial part of town and converted this into like a place to have live music. And it was seriously probably the size of my living room it was so tiny in there and then to see them in that capacity it really felt like a throwback you know and it was yeah it was it was definitely really really cool I'm glad that it obviously not that Jake was sick was sick of course that was not cool at all but that it lucked out that it just happened to be you know our show's so it was, it was a very cool experience. There's your check your expectations at the door, and they will still uh, deliver. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, what is one song that you're chasing? Um, I don't know. 
I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think about it like that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some songs that I, like newer material that I haven't seen mm-hmm. in that show, but I, I honestly don't have a song that I'm like carrying around on a, on a, torture aside thing. come on play this please play um, this for me with your rage stick <laughs> yeah. um, I, I do not have an answer for that <laughs> that's okay alright um, I'd, I'd have to look up like my stats I don't know your show stats yeah I, I'm still waiting for a roulette that is that is my one song that I really want to hear. It's at the top of my list for summer camp, so I'm hoping. Yeah, that's a pretty one. That's a pretty one. Hopefully, um, again, guys, if you're listening, yeah, please. No, there's, <laughs> yeah. Um, like there's a handful of old material that just gets phased out and 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 is so rarely played these days that it's a testament to how much new material they're just piling on. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it can't fit them all into a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about all these amazing tweets that you put out your facts and your stats and your things. I love reading them. I'm <laughs> blown away by some of the stuff you come out with. And some of the times I'm thinking, these are things that I would say, but everyone around me would think that I'm the biggest nerd ever. So it's nice to to read them and know that I'm not the only one. So please tell me, like, your thought process. Like, how, how do you know all these things? How does this go down? I'd like to know more. First of all, uh, nerd knows nerd, and I appreciate the backhanded compliment. Uh, <laughs> um, um, that I am a, a music nerd and, and I would embrace that. Um, you should. I, uh, I, I do. I do. It, 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 honestly, it tickles me that there are other people that enjoy it and, and you know, they engage with me and, and reply. And, and uh, you know, I, I have certainly met friends that I would call friends now through Twitter, through this, and, uh, yeah, it's it's really. Um, I'm I'm grateful that people like it and and find it. I don't know useful or I, just take something from it. It's uh, um, I, I appreciate that. Um, what was the question? <laughs> I just I wanted to know like. How do you keep all those things in there? Like, is there a, a, a process where you look at a set list and you research it, or are these just things yeah. that you know, or stuff like that? Um, I'd say there's a few different ways that I go about thinking it, thinking of things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of a, a category of... Um, you know, I'll, not every day, but, uh, you know, if I have a few spare minutes, I'll, I'll look through, um, you know, on, on the All Things Humphreys homepage, what happened in this day, you know, uh, 
click on the, the different set lists from years past. If something jumps out like a, a fun debut or, uh, I, I don't know, something that grabs me, then I will, uh, I'll try to, uh, pass that information along. Um, I'd say there's a category of ideas that, that are generated when they're like, if they're going to summer camp or something, like I'll try to do some research on, um, you know, how many summer camp shows there have been, or, or, you know, different cities that they're going for a run. Um, so that may kind of lead to its own little wormhole. Mm-hmm. Um, then I just, I don't know, maybe falling asleep at night and just have a random thought or, you know, walking around listening to, uh, music and, you know, a certain song will trigger a, an idea. And then mm-hmm. I'll just kind of go off on my own, uh, wormhole on that. A lot of wormholes. Are That's okay. <laughs> Lots of wormholes. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, I guess I'm trying to find, I'm not trying to regurgitate just information. I'm trying to, if something can be uh, put a little perspective or, or put into context, um, mm-hmm. that is, I, I guess, it starts that if I find it interesting and, and then I'm always um, happy if other people find it interesting. Um, and then, you know, there's been a number of times where, um, you know, Joel or, or, or Ryan or, or, or Kevin Browning or, or Budney have responded and engaged and, and, you know, filled in, uh, some color, uh, to, you know, what I've, uh, put out there and have either provided a, uh, you know, an anecdote from that show or, you know, the process that goes into a certain song, like that's, uh, certainly, an, uh, was not an intended, uh, idea when I started it to mm-hmm. try and get the band to, uh, you know, pull back the curtain a little on, uh, on their craft. But, uh, the fact that they're willing to do that is, is really cool. And, uh, you know, if they're willing to do it once, then let's see what else we can, uh, um, get them to, to share. Uh, I think it's really rewarding for, for the community to, to, if that, you know, thing kind of, interests you then there's more to that you can learn uh-huh. uh, so that's been a certainly a a really unexpected twist to uh, you know my creative outlet <laughs> yeah so why did you why did you start doing this why did you start tweeting these sort of facts and things um you know I I follow fish and uh, there's a couple guys on uh, that are big in the fish scene. Um, Scott Bernstein and Scott Marks, who I think Scott Bernstein is like an editor with Jambase, 
and Scott mm-hmm. Marks is involved with the fishnet, so he's, you know, filling out these facts for fish, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I guess I, you know, I followed them on Twitter and and you know enjoyed for the most part what they put out there and was thinking, you know, I. I think something like this, I wish Humphreys had something like this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information that, you know, I wonder about, and I, I, it'd be cool if somebody could tell me that. So, I don't know, one day I thought, well, I guess I could tell people that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had just started law school at the time and uh, had a little, uh, you know, as a study break. Uh, it became something that just, you know, the more I tugged on the thread, the more uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, mm-hmm. And the more other people started enjoying it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned that about the, the guys that did the fish stuff, because when I was talking to my best friend about this interview and I was describing like, you know, why I chose to interview you and stuff. That's exactly the example I used because her husband is big into fish. And I'm like, you know, like those guys that know all this stuff about fish and like when the song was played and how many times they did it and this and this and then like, yeah, that's this guy, but for Umphreys. She's like, wow, that's really cool. I want to be careful. I am not on their level and they have some institutional knowledge. Like, I feel like I, you know, I'm well versed in fish and they uh-huh. know fish inside and out. And, uh-huh. um, I, well, that's how I feel with you and Umphreys. I, I am like very well versed in Umphreys, but then I read your stuff and I'm like, damn. <laughs> I do have to look up a lot of that stuff. I, uh, <laughs> There's some stuff that jumps out to me, like, hmm, this seems like there's something here. Like, I could read a set list from a given year and, you know, either know, like, that was rare song, like, they usually didn't play that then, or, I, I don't know. There's some certain stuff that I now know, um, you know, I, I, I guess I understand the uh, the patterns and trends of their uh, over the years, mm-hmm. um, I, I am not equating myself to uh, the Scots. <laughs> You'll get there, that. though. For, for, for us uh, geeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I greatly appreciate your knowledge. And I did before I started this podcast, and I was just scrolling through the Twitter feed. But now... Um, you know, especially with the podcast, I'm very grateful for, you know, everything that you contribute to this and it's, it's nice to have you as a, as a partner. So I appreciate you a lot. Well, um, seriously, that, that, that truly means a lot to me. Um, (laughs) I know I didn't give you any information for tonight. Um, but I have something if I can share it. Yeah, absolutely. This this is like a, a breaking Humphrey's facts scroll on your uh, on your podcast however that happens Very cool. Um, I was listening so this idea came I think I was listening to a bridge list in some I don't know what bridge list 
But I had the thought, I wonder how many times, uh, you know, these days, recently, um, Bridges is broken up mm-hmm. or it, we get a standalone version. And, uh, and so I thought, well, there's other songs that are, you know, get broken up, kind of bookend a set or a show. And so I, I looked at eight different songs over the last three years to figure out, you know, which, which song has, is least likely for a standalone version. And so there's four vintage year songs, uh, all in time to junk, nothing too fancy and DBK. Mm-hmm. Which of those four do you think is least frequently uh, played as a standalone? Least hmm, as a standalone. What were the first two again? All in time to junk, nothing too fancy, DBK. Hmm. I'm going to say DBK. That is uh, the third least. Really? Standalone. Good job. Yeah. Nice. Um, I was surprised. I guess I thought that all in time just it gets broken up all the time now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's only uh, 40% of the time it's a uh, standalone. Uh, really? BBK is uh, 17%, so half that. Um, only So three years, this is four times out of 24 versions in the last three years. And uh, Nothing Too Fancy is four times out of 30 uh, versions. Wow. So if they start Nothing Too Fancy, they are most likely not going to finish a standalone version of that. Wow. Uh, and then there's four modern songs, uh, Puppet String, 1348, Bridgeless, and Mantis, which is which do you think is the most least likely for a standalone? Hmm. This is hard. This one is hard. Hmm. Ah. I'm going to... I'm going to say Mantis, but I feel like it's wrong. Probably really good podcast material. (laughs) Um, Ridgeless which is uh, 14% of the time. So five standalone bridge lists in uh, 30 out of 37. Which is one of my favorite songs. I love that song. I have those lyrics tattooed on my back. Do you really? Yeah, my whole back from shoulder to shoulder says you'll be reminded of why you're here. And then it has my kids' handprints and their names on it. That's my whole back. Wow. Yeah. I just love that line. And then it pisses me off sometimes when he changes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he likes to do that. So I'm always like when we're at a show and he's singing and I'm like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And then when he sings the right lyrics, I get all excited. <laughs> just my nerdiness coming out. <laughs> exactly. Well, you just indulged my nerdiness. So, uh, yeah, we're scratching each other's backs. <laughs> All right. Um, let me see. I think I have like two more questions for you. If you could go back to any time and relive any moment in Umphrey's history, when would it be? I think 
I would go with Miro's last show. Okay. New Year's 2002 at the Vic. Nice. Where they covered Side B of Abbey Road. Yes. And Chris came on stage for the first time. So it was a, you know, passing of the torch moment. And I just, I got to imagine the energy in that room would have been incredible. Just mm-hmm. sending Miro out on such a high. Um, I, I, he was, I always locked in on, he just had such a, uh, there was such a attractive quality to him. And he had just a great energy to him. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he was, he, he operated on a different level and it was, he was awesome to watch and, and how he got the crowd engaged and just being able to, uh, lose my voice shouting for him would have been cool to see. Yeah. That's very cool. I unfortunately never got to see Meryl play and that's definitely, I don't know what exact moment I would pick off the top of my head, but I would definitely like to see Nero play because I never, never got to experience that. So I mean, I, I, there, I'm sure there's better shows in the Miro era. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that night would have been just the the roof coming off the deck. I got to do the the the, the year, and he mm-hmm. came on and swapped out with Chris for a, a show and or for a song, and that was a great run. But um, yeah, I I think he was a special special person special musician mm-hmm. yeah. and and i mean it's it's so obvious even now after his passing like what an influence and lasting impression that he made in the music and in their lives and you know everything so that's i think that's just kind of what anybody wants in their life is to have that lasting impression so very cool. Pretty strong legacy. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. That he uh, absolutely and, and uh, has a uh, impacted a lot of people. Yeah. Awesome. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about or cover? I can't think of anything. No. Um, those were very good questions, Sarah, and, and uh, I. I enjoyed talking to you. That was fun. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you taking time out to come on and chat. How we doing, Barrington? Thank you.
and the lights will always when you slowly stumbled home. Yeah, it felt different and it started to show as every breath resembled smoke. I was short of opinions and I wanted to know if you'd still be here tomorrow. In the kitchen and the lights were low It's winter wrapped around Chicago The TV's on too much And I don't ever think enough About the things that matter most To what can make me old like Joel And there's no argument For wasting time Much better spent Complacently replacing A melody with
and the lights are always winning, so I stumbled home. Yeah, it felt different and started the show as every breath resembled smoke. I showed up opinions and I wanted to know if it'd still be here tomorrow. Cold in the kitchen and the lights were low as winter wrapped around Chicago. The TV's on too much and I don't ever think enough about the things that matter most and what could make me old. And there's no argument for wasting time, much better spent complacently replacing a melody with smoke. Center from the Moses, and though the same was offered to everybody else, I mean, what could you blame me for? The truth is, I was just being representative of myself, and, and so if I always manage to show up just a little late, and then no matter how hard I tried, I never seem to make the bus on time. But it's it's all too hard, it seems, maybe, but just a little too much. In the end, here I must confess that we have yet to ever offer our best. Your stereotype. There's a little more that I could mention. It's got something to do with going to detention. And yet I've always done everything that's been asked of me. I never questioned if it was right. I was simply going along with some kind of preset price. And, and so if I made my challenge, you know that's when you labeled me. You know you never thought about the implications of all your words on top of my dedication. And, and so this slacker fumbles. Through another day, but the way you measure things all depends on whether or not you're working for another man's ends.
Just being representative of myself and So if I always manage To show up just a little late And then no matter how hard I try I never seem to make it there on time But it's, it's all too hard It seems maybe But just a little too much And here I'm speaking fast I've got to ever offer my best Go dance on the floor and around 
She told me her name was Billie Jean And she crossed the scene Then heavy heads turned with eyes A dream of being one Go dance on the floor and around
All right. All right, y'all having a good time? You look like you're having a good time. We're on Freeze McGee. It's great to be here. I'm actually from seven minutes down the road myself. From high school. Oh, boo, boo. But uh, it's great to be back here.
moving on, remove the path, the plot is and soul. The only thing we'll come to is not our own. And I can tell that I'm right, I need to be warned. And every time I round the corner, I'll remember that I hope. Opposites next in line, no clearer in form. What option did we everybody. I can't remember the last time we played around this, this many basketball hoops. Yep. 
Yeah.
right, thanks. We're going to take a very short break, and our own personal DJ poser is going to bring you home for a little bit.